Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Join me as we head into service. You need to say goodbye to the old you. Somebody ought to say, I'm saying goodbye to the old me. I'm tired of hurting myself. God, I know that you would never hurt me. You've given me chance after chance, but all I seem to do is hurt me. This is your exodus tonight. It's time to say goodbye. We're saying bye-bye to 2020. We're saying bye-bye to the old self. Tonight is a night of renewal. Tonight is a night to walk anew. Tonight is a night of a fresh and a new beginning. This is your exodus. I'm so grateful to God that we've been blessed by the ministry of Leandria Johnson. Somebody in your chat, right where you are, say amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody put a fire emoji across the line. We're grateful for the ministry of Leandria Johnson. And tonight, I stand before you with a sure word from God. 2020 has been like no other year. It's been unprecedented. But through it all, God has kept us. God has brought us to this place for such a time as this. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your sovereign hand that has guided us through. You brought us through fire and through water, and you've brought us out into a wealthy place. And so God, I pray tonight that you would release a word into the atmosphere. Release a word, oh God, that would inspire and encourage somebody. Give us direction. Guide us through. Let your word be a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take our text tonight from a very short book. It's short but powerful. It is the book of Jude. It's only one chapter. And we're going to read a few verses. But we want to establish that the will of God for us as we enter into a new year, because of the reset after the shaking that has taken place in the earth, God wants to remind us that it's time to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Every time there's been a change or reform in the church, every reformation had the intent of getting back to basics, moving back to the foundations. The church on which Jesus built the rock, the rock that is the foundation, and that foundation is truth. And every generation experiences those who come in unaware, those who teach things that are contrary to the counsel of God. I want you to know tonight, beloved, that it's the will of God that we receive the whole counsel of God. 
and that we walk in it. Jude chapter 1, verse 1. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. That's Jude 1, 1 through 3. There are a few things that I want to point out. First of all, Jude was the brother of Jesus Christ in the flesh. He and his brother James and the others mocked Jesus at times, saying, no one does what you do and doesn't show himself to the world. Why don't you go to Jerusalem? Now, they knew that there was a risk for Jesus if he was seen in Jerusalem. But they were like, if you really are who you say you are, then you ought to go. And Jesus said, my time hasn't come, but yours is always here. You go to Jerusalem. Another time, his siblings, along with his mother, came to a house where he was ministering. People were getting healed and delivered and set free. And they sent for him because they thought he was mad, that he was losing it. And someone broke through the crowd and said, your brother and your mother are seeking you. And Jesus looked around the room and he said, who is my mother and my brother and my sister? Those that do the will of my father, they are my mother, my brother, and my sister. I am confident that these experience, experiences taught Jude something. And now that Jesus has ascended, he doesn't refer to him as brother. He mentions himself as a bondservant to Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm the brother of James. There were two men named James that were part of the apostles. One, James, the son of Zebedee, who Herod killed with the sword. And the other, James, the brother of Jesus, who was wise. He was the one in Acts 15 who gave counsel to the people when they were taught that salvation is not only through Jesus Christ, you also have to be circumcised, you have to do this, you have to do that. And James was the voice of reason that broke through. While Jesus walked among them, they felt so familiar that they didn't know who he was because they grew up with him. They played games with him. They watched him grow into his young profession as a carpenter. But it wasn't until the resurrection that they realized that this is the son of God. He's not the son of Mary and Joseph. There's something about him that's different. And they committed their lives to the truth. 
And so Jude is very specific that he is writing this letter to those of us who are called, those who are sanctified, those who are set apart by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. The reason we don't perish in him is because he's our preservative. Jesus is the great preservative that a that preserves us for all eternity. That's why we want to be found in him. And Jews said, I'm writing to you. I'm not writing to the world. I'm writing to those of you who are sanctified, those who are called and preserved in Jesus Christ. And he says to you, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied. He goes on to say, Beloved, I was very diligent to write you concerning a common salvation. In other words, I had a mind to write you to talk in broad strokes about our common salvation. But then I realized that there was something more urgent. And I want you to know that in this generation, there is something more urgent. It is time for us to earnestly contend for the faith because people believe things that are not of God. I'm talking about people who are believers, believe things that have nothing to do with the gospel, that have nothing to do with the word of God because they trust the source that it comes from. People believe what they hear over and over and over again. And so if someone is teaching something and that doctrine is not sound, they take in that doctrine. And this was happening in the time of Jude. And Jude felt an urgency to get the word out so that the people of God would contend for the faith. That word contend in the Greek has a picture of an athlete that is competing that's leaving everything on the field, that continues to contend until victory is won. It's a picture of fighting, of fighting for something. It's time for everyone who's called out to fight for the faith because faith is like a garden. If you do nothing to a garden, you will get weeds and weeds will overtake it. It will choke out what has been planted. But if you want that which you planted to flourish, you've got to cultivate it. You got to dig it up. You got to pull out the weeds. You got to water it. You got to seed it. You need to fertilize it. It requires full cultivation. And so it is with faith. Faith that's left alone. James said it this way. Faith without works is dead. A dead faith doesn't do anyone any good. That's why it's time to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. He's talking to a Jewish audience who received the word of God on Mount Sinai from angels. And he said, that faith that was once delivered to the saints is the faith that we need to contend for. That faith which culminates in Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to whom I'm a bondservant, that faith is the faith that we need to contend for. And that faith 
was given once for all. There is no new gospel. You don't add to it. You don't take away from it. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the truth. It is the way. Life is in him. And out of, outside of him, there is no life. And we're living in a generation much like Jews, where those have crept in unaware, who are defiling people, who speak what is supposedly prophetic, but it doesn't come to pass. The Bible says if a prophet speaks a word and it doesn't come to pass, don't fear that prophet. In other words, you don't listen to or follow those things because it is not true. If God says it, it's going to come to pass. If God says it, it's going to happen because the word of God is immutable. You can't change the word of God. It's time for us to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Let's move a little bit further. Let's go deeper. Verse 22 and verse 23 reads, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. So how do we earnestly contend for the faith? The faith that was once delivered to the saints with a plural. That means it's not just about me. It's not just about you. And it was delivered once for all, just once. There's no new revelation. There's no new thing. There are new insights, but the revelation of God has come. It was Emmanuel. It was God with us. It was the word that became flesh. It's the one who tabernacled among us. It's the one, the historical Jesus, who rose from the dead, ascended on high. That is the gospel. That is unchanged. But how do we contend for the faith to avoid a faith that is dead? How do we work it out? I want to give you three things that we can focus on in 2021 to make it happen so that 2021 is not like 2020, where all the vision in the world could not foresee what was coming, where there were things that were nice, that sounded nice, but God had something new. You can never go wrong by focusing on the fundamentals of the faith. You can never go wrong by building on the rock the foundation that's been laid because no other foundation can be laid except that foundation that has been laid and that is Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. The first thing is, the first thing you can do, that I can do, that we can do to build, to earnestly contend for the faith is to build up our faith by praying in the spirit. 
When we pray in the Spirit, the Spirit makes intercession for us. There are times when all it takes is some groaning, and the Spirit interprets for God the things that can't be uttered, the things that are deep inside of us that needs to be released so that God can move in a way that we don't even understand. God can do something in our lives and the lives of the people around us that we haven't even thought of because he's a God who's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. There's something that's working in your belly that causes a flow to go up to heaven, to the courts of heaven, and by that power, God is able to move and to do things. So the first thing is build up your faith by praying in the spirit. That's one of the ways that we earnestly contend for the faith. It's not just about contending. It's about having the right intentions. Do it earnestly. Earnestly contend for the faith. The second thing is to keep yourselves in the love of God. We need to keep ourselves in the love of God. Jesus said it this way in John 15, 9 and 10. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus is saying, I want you to be one with me just as I am one with the Father. And the way for you to abide as a branch on a vine is to keep my commandments. In other words, the word that I've spoken unto you, you walk in that, you abide in that, and that's how you abide in my love. We demonstrate our love for him by our obedience to his word. He says, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? That's a contradiction. He can't be Lord if I do my own thing. That's why Jude opens up the text by saying, Jude, a servant, of, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, I'm captive to him. I do what he tells me to do. In fact, I, dilig I wanted to diligently write to you about our common salvation, but the Spirit of God told me there was something more urgent that I ought to write. And so I'm writing according to what God said to write. Nothing more and nothing less. It's just one chapter. Jude may have had 15 chapters in his heart and in his mind and in his spirit, but the Spirit of God intervened and said, there's one thing that matters. I want you to know tonight, God is saying there's one thing that matters, and that's for you and me to earnestly contend for the faith, to fight for the faith, to fight for that which he's left us. We have an inheritance. Nobody can steal our inheritance. God has given it to us. It's rightfully ours. It belongs to us. Victory belongs to Jesus. Somebody say, victory belongs to Jesus. The last thing that we can do that gets us outside of ourselves is to have compassion 
on some and pull some out of the fire. It's time out for us watching people going astray to the left and to the right. When we know that straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to everlasting life. And we've become so tolerant because we're not earnestly contending for the faith. You build up tolerance and what you tolerate, you allow. And not just in my life or your life, but in the lives around us, the people who God has called, the people who God has called us to pour into, the people who will come to him because of our conduct, because of our lifestyle, because of our walk. We don't want to have their garments spotted, see the spot and not pull them out of the fire. Their garments are defiled, but that doesn't mean that God has rejected them because love covers a multitude of sins and faults. And so God has sent us to work a work. And I believe that in 2021, there's going to be a shift in the body of Christ. And we're going to learn to love one another more because we're going to love God more. God has called us into our chambers to shut the door for a season until his indignation has passed over the earth. And now we're looking at the time where we're about to come out of this thing. And as we come out, we're going to come out stronger. We're going to come out better. We're going to come out ready to fight, ready to contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the, saint, unto the saints. Let's cultivate our faith. Let's make sure that we have compassion on some and pull others out of the fire. Let's build up our faith by praying in the spirit and let's keep ourselves in the love of God because God is love. You can't be in God and not be in the love of God. But the way we keep ourselves in the love of God is by obeying his word. And we don't want to obey that which is false, that which is not of God. And so we pray that God would continue to give us his whole counsel so that the whole counsel of God is what directs us, what guides us, and leads us in the way of everlasting. I pray that God has touched your heart tonight and that you have received the word that he has for you. For some of you, it's not about contending for the faith. It's about receiving the faith. God wants to deliver it to you. The same faith that was once delivered unto the saint, he wants to act, he's activating it in you right now so that you can believe him that you can believe on his word and be one whose inheritance is among those who are sanctified, the people that Jude was talking about. Father, I pray that you would touch the hearts of those who have not yet surrendered to you. Tonight, 
This is their exodus. This is their moment to say goodbye to the old self and to be renewed. Renew them now in the spirit of their mind. I pray, God, that you would touch them. Wipe every tear from their eyes. Bless them with your salvation. Let them sense your presence and know that they've been with Jesus tonight. Bless them now that they might be a blessing in Jesus' name. And I want to say to every one of you that is watching or listening, keep the faith. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.